welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, today we're going to be talking about who's afraid of the big bad climate change. Hopefully not you. Yes, everything that happens these days gets blamed on on climate change. Um, Any kind of fire, um, uh, tornado, storm, hurricane, all of those things. Now, not to say that those aren't disastrous events, but um, climate change has been around forever. It's just, it's just that people who blame everything on climate change, um, which creates mass hysteria, is because they don't know history. They don't know that climate change is just a natural thing that happens in cycles. And then there are other people who don't care <laughs> because they have an agenda and they benefit either financially or politically or both from making us buy electric cars and sort our garbage in all kinds of ways and so on. And these are now the people who are turning our our schools, our public schools uh, into uh, places where that are churning out a generation of Greta Thunbergs. And this is to push their radical climate agenda. Um, today's guest is going to talk to you about this and more. Um, her name is Taya Shoemake, and um, she is a homeschool wife, mom, and tutor. She's also taught at traditional schools. She's been involved in local, state, and national grassroots campaigns over the last 20 years to influence public policy because she understands that everything is political, including education policy. And that certainly has been made clear, clearer and clearer over the last few years with CRT and um, the trans movement and so on, propaganda. And she is also the host of the podcast, Everything is Political. So welcome to the show, Taya. Thank you so much, Dr. Carol. It's great to be here. Now, did I um, did I pronounce your last name correctly? Is it Shoemake? Yes, correct. Okay, good. <laughs> Should have asked you that before. Um, well, first of all, I, I want to um, I want to mention something before we um, before my next question is going to be how you got into this whole thing in general about realizing that schools uh, need to be changed and how they're so political and so on. Um, but I want to, since we're talking about the schools now churning out generations of Greta Thunbergs, I want to talk a little about Greta Thunberg. Perhaps you can, um, I'm sure you have something to say about her. Greta Thunberg, um, for those who only know of her sort of peripherally, um, her whole name is Greta Tantan Eleonora Ernman Thunberg. She was born in Stockholm. She's Swedish. Um, she uh, has, of course, been the face of climate change. Um, she was born in 2003. She's 20 years old now, approximately. Um, she 
has made a lot of noise. <laughs> and I, I'm very curious to know what you think about her, but I am not. Now, of course, you can't really say anything bad about her because it's it's been announced, her mother actually announced, um, that she has Asperger's syndrome, which is a, um, a higher form of autism. And so, you know, saying anything, criticizing her in any way, um, is is delicate because certainly I I think she did great for somebody with Asperger's and I think she's um you know she's done a lot of she feels I she feels passionate about climate change and so she's done she's devoted her life to that uh starting at age 15 and um I I, I respect her for that however she has created um mass hysteria particularly with other children um, who see her as a role model. Um, she started by, she's a Swedish environmental activist. And she her activism started when she persuaded her parents to adopt lifestyle choices that reduce their own carbon footprint. Now, at age 15, she started spending her Fridays in front of um one minute here in front of uh the swedish parliament and she was holding up a sign reading school strike for climate of course in swedish now you know of course that attracted a lot of attention a 15 year old girl you know sitting in front of parliament and so on and um and, and other students followed her lead and then they organized a school, a climate strike movement under the name Fridays for Future. And she addressed the United Nations. She's done spoken at a lot of events. And now, but the thing that, that bothers me about her is that um, her, there really was maybe an unconscious, at least, uh, motivation for why she started this. Now, let me, her, her, she is the daughter of opera singer Melina Ernman and actor Svante Thunberg, and her paternal grandfather was an actor and director Olaf Thunberg. So now she comes from a whole line of, um, oh, what should I say here? People who are rather theatrical, histrionic, like to get attention, you know, an opera singer, an actor, an actor and a director, they're used to um, trying to get attention. Now, um, she says that she first heard about climate change in 2011 when she was eight years old, and she couldn't understand why so little was being done about it. And she got depressed. And so at age 11, she stopped talking and eating much, and she lost 22 pounds in two months, or so the story goes. She was diagnosed with Asperger's at that point, obsessive compulsive disorder and selective mutism. Um, so she struggled with depression for almost four years before she began this school strike campaign sitting in front of parliament. Now, at the beginning, her parents didn't support her, uh, her activism, you know, what she was doing. Her father didn't like her missing school. Uh, he said, quote, we respect that she wants to take a stand she can either sit at home and be really unhappy or protest and be happy. Um, then, let's see. Then 
eventually she asked her mother, let me see. She, she, well, for a couple of years, she challenged her parents to lower the family's carbon footprint. And um, she asked them, demanded of them. Uh, by that point, you know, she was getting well known. Uh, so she wanted them to become vegan, upcycling, do upcycling and give up flying. Uh, she said she show, shows them, showed them graphs and data and so on, but that didn't work. And eventually, um, because, mainly because her daughter was so depressed and had all these other psychological problems, her mother abandoned her international opera career. And she stayed home. And then um, <laughs> her mother said that she didn't do it to save the climate. She did it because to make her daughter happy because she saw how much it meant to her. Um, similarly, her father, you know, um, didn't go internationally either. So basically, by becoming a climate change activist, she got her parents to stay home instead of pursuing their career internationally. Well, like, it really doesn't take Freud to figure out that that was really um, her passion, that that is what began her passion. And, of course, every little kid wants their parents to stay home, most little kids, but most of them wouldn't be that uh, forceful about it. Plus, you know, she really did have these psychiatric diagnoses, and so, of course, her mother... Um, you know, wanted to stay home to be there and nurture her more and so on. But that's the part of her story that really bothers me, that no one is um, acknowledging that um, there was a, a kind of a self-centered reason for all of this to start. So why don't, what do you think about Greta Thunberg? <laughs> well, obviously, I don't know her personally, Dr. Carroll, but um, and I will start with this. We've had several in our own personal homeschool groups and our co-ops, we've had several kids that were diagnosed with Asperger's. They're bright children. Um, they participate like everybody else. They're, they're different and you learn to socialize with them um, as we did. And so very bright students. I think uh, in Greta's case, she is the exemplar of what the global elites want. She was indoctrinated at eight years old to the point she was depressed. Now, think about the depression issues we have amongst our young people here in America now, and not just through the last three years over COVID, but prior to that, we were on a, 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 an ascent, if you will. And so depressed at age eight, um, okay, so then diagnosed and then losing weight. And then of course you're gonna have a, a, a cry for attention. Be, and and rightfully so, right? If if you're having these issues, but when we think about uh, the indoctrination that gets into our schools and undermines uh, all the other subjects, all the other areas, and you mentioned them, SEL, CRT, whatever the agenda is currently, and taking away time from the subject matter that will eventually allow our children to critically think and address these issues age appropriately, and that's the other aspect of this, why are we burdening our eight-year-olds with this nonsense that is not even settled? Um, I think most parents would agree that we want to expose our, our children to opposing ideas, right? Iron sharpens iron. We've got no problem exposing our children age appropriately to Marx, to Immanuel Kant, to whatever philosophy or ism uh, that has taken place during the, the 
travails of Western civilization. And we want them to be able to understand the ins and outs of that to the degree that they can. But eight years old, I mean, this is this is exactly what every federal encroachment has done in America. And we can start with Woodrow Wilson and Dewey because they really manufactured the social reengineering. And I, I think their mission accomplished as far as that's concerned. But, um, you know, the federal encroachment has had three goals in my experience. Turn little minds to mush, break down their identities and radicalize them for activism. And that's exactly what we've seen. So I think that she is an exemplar in that regard. And I don't think it's just stateside. I think we're just uh, we're just catching up with the rest of the world. Right. I, so, you know, I think we're just a little tardy in in all in those three areas, whereas, you know, she's an exemplar. You mean in terms of other countries have teaching, pushing these things on their kids even sooner than we did in America? Correct. Correct. And I'm not sure of, you know, I don't know the degree to which any facilitation is taking place. Um, you know, I, I say regardless of where your child sits, public school, private school, homeschool, you can have those conversations at the dinner table. You can you can explore the content that's going on. And, and we should so that we are able to combat any ideas that are contrary and we are able to shepherd our children, especially if it's getting to them at eight years old, um, through what they what they should and shouldn't be worried about at the time. What is within their control? What is outside of their control, et cetera? They can still be passionate about things. That's fine. Um, but they still need shepherded, be, shepherded because they're not developmentally mature enough to handle some of these issues. Yes, yes. Yes, I mean, no, you make a good point that it's not like we're saying they shouldn't study Marx and these other, in fact, in fact, that's kind of the problem that kids aren't studying all these communism, socialism and so on um, to understand what's wrong with it, you know? Correct, uh, yes, and, and they're just told that this is, we're teaching them what to think, not how to think. Mm -hmm. And that that's a huge difference. And if we teach them how to think, they're going to be able to discuss climate change, ask the right questions, ask the right scientific questions, see if it matches consistently with the evidence that we have. I mean, Dr. Carroll, I'm old enough to remember that we were all supposed to be icicles by now. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm sorry, fool me once. Um, at the same time, I totally agree that we should be good stewards of our environment, of, of the blessings that we're given. Yes. Totally agree. And I totally agree we can do a better job of that. But I'm not willing to turn us into a third world country toward that end. Yes. No, I agree with that. Um, certainly we need to preserve the forests and the lakes and every other, you know, natural and the species, all the different species that are going extinct and all of that. Um, I want to just uh, mention, you know, you were you were saying about these students who were autistic and had Asperger's and so on. You know, that's one of the good things that came from this. When her mother announced to the world that um, Greta had Asperger's, um, that actually attracted to her different uh, protests, particularly attracted people who with, with Asperger's and with autism and so on. That was one of the, and that it made them feel, everybody felt welcome and um, felt like they had a purpose and so on. So in that sense, it was really a very positive kind of thing. I'm just, uh, you know, <laughs> I just, uh, 
refuse to to get on the boat of um you know of of what we're we're being told we should do all the drastic kinds of things that we should do to prevent to prevent ch climate change um I, you know i don't i don't think that uh i don't think that that's possible and i don't think and i it's just you know in california for example um our wonderful governor newsom ha has talked about that by 20 he may have revised the year by now but it was 2035 at one point um that we all everybody in california could only drive electric cars oh my well so i'm holding on to my car <laughs> yes i i will do the same um and you know i will say this regarding regarding the Aspergers. you know we can identify with other people without being accurate right and we can certainly um uh feel that we are at home or that we have something in common with someone but again, at 15 or at eight, at 11 or 15, that doesn't mean we're developmentally mature enough to make the assessments of this global oppression that they want to put on everyone. Yes, I like that, global oppression. My guest today is Taya Shoemake. We are, she is a homeschool wife, mom, and tutor. She also um, develops programs to help people who have decided that they have had enough of public schools and um, want to do homeschooling. So when we come back, we will uh, talk more about all of these issues. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Follow Voice America at facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com these days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. 
And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch, where we're talking about today about who's afraid of the big bad climate change. Hopefully not you. We're talking with my guest, uh, Taya Shoemake, and she um, has a website, which I will give you at the end of the show, <laughs> um, which it will help people to uh, develop their own, I mean, help parents develop their own homeschool program if they are fed up with what their kids are being taught in school, which is basically propaganda. Um, so, Taya, I'm really interested in understanding how you got to this point. Like, what started you on this journey? Well, I've also I've always supported uh, uh, liberty and education, meaning choice for parents. Wherever their children thrive, I think they should have the opportunity to send them to that particular environment. And I mean, I want all environments to thrive, public, private, homeschool. But if you're in a situation where one or more of those is not working, especially for the most important stakeholders, who are the children and their parents, then there needs to be options, right? And, and uh, unbridled options until people get their act together. And um, that was really uh, uh, my mindset going into, I guess it was the early 2000s. And I was in Columbus, Ohio, our, our state capital, and on a piece of legislation, lobbying for a piece of legislation that was going to yield more liberty than not in that realm. And I remember asking one of the aides how this uh, affected the private and homeschools and whether or not they were a target in this eight. Wait, how what how what affected the how this piece of legislation was it going to affect just public schools or was it going to affect all of the education environments like private schools and homeschools? So I was trying to get down in the details so that I could warn people, hey, this is coming. They're going to impose this from the state, so you need to be aware of it. And in uh, this aide, God love him, looked at me and said, well, homeschoolers are always a target. We've just not gotten to them yet. Mm-hmm. And now this was 20 some years ago, and it was before we even started homeschooling. Um, and I realized at that moment that there was an agenda about which I was unaware, about which they did not want me to be aware. And that I was going to need to to be very vigilant as far as what's going on at the state. And it was both a blessing and a curse because that that meant I was going to have to, you know, partition time and make sure that I kept an eye on the government that was supposed to keep me free. So fast forward to when our children were um, school age. Now, I was ready to homeschool when our children were born. My husband was not. And so as a result, our oldest went to traditional school. And during the first year parent-teacher conference, it was in the spring and she was that young, she has that fall birthday. So she was the youngest in her class, but the teacher who we love the teacher, school was fine, but we really love this teacher. And she proceeded to tell us that in their class of 16 students, the desks were uh, separated four by fours And they would often put our daughter at the table with the children who misbehaved the most, hoping she'd rub off on them. Oh, my God. Now that now she meant it in a flattering way. Um, What I heard was bad company corrupts good character. That was the first thing that went through my mind. And the second thing that went through my mind was my precious 
firstborn box checking daughter is probably wondering what she's done wrong to be put at these tables. Uh huh. Yes. And now I, I, I kept my mouth shut because again, I really love this teacher, but uh, boy, warning, warning bells were going off. So when we got in the car before the engine was even turned on, my husband looked at me and he had been, uh, again, up until then, he was not, he was not a proponent, but he looked at me and said, do you think you'd be ready to homeschool in the fall? Huh. And that was the, the switch that flipped for him. And ironically, it's the one switch that everyone thinks is the obstacle or hindrance of homeschooling, which is that was a reverse socialization, right? That was a socialization issue and uh, of, of with whom she is. At the end of the day, someone's going to be socializing your child, whether you're there or not. It's a matter of how long, to what degree, and how they're indoctrinating them. So um, it, I love telling that story because the first thing most people ask is, what about socialization? And I say, well, let me tell you about socialization. That's exactly why we homeschool. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, do, you didn't feel comfortable telling the teacher to take your daughter to a different... I, I did after the fact, um, but I have a lot of Italian in me, and I was going to... <laughs> I was afraid my voice wouldn't convey my heart, right? I, I didn't want... Again, I just loved her, and so I needed a couple of days to assimilate that and yeah. to speak with our daughter because, right, she was going to finish out the school year there and, um, you know, make sure, take care of that business first. And then I did speak with her and, and she absolutely understood. She was just a wonderful, wonderful person. We need more teachers like her. Mm. Um, but, but she understood, uh, and, and God level, look, what we've done to teachers in this country, Dr. Carroll is, is near criminal, uh, forget just all the time we take from their class, but we've given them all the responsibility with none of the authority. We pack their, their, the rooms with, you know, 30 children, they can't discipline. And, you know, we, we've shackled them with administrative duties. We've done to them what we've done to doctors. You know, we, we've turned teachers into administrators. We've turned doctors into pill pushers. So where are we to go for education and healthcare? Yes, absolutely. Yes. And of course, the best teachers are leaving because they went into teaching thinking, you know, with, with a passion and thinking that they wanted to uh, uh, help these kids nurture, be, be nurtured and teach them and so on. And then there are so many kids who come into school all different ages um, from homes where, you know, maybe there's abuse going on or, or um, domestic violence or things that, you know, turn the kids into, um, it makes the classroom a place where they express all of their frustration. And that, of course, that takes the teacher's attention and, um, and, oh, and away from teaching. So it's real. it is terrible. Um, so, okay. So that, how many children do you have? Two. So then what happened? So you started homeschooling your first. Correct. Correct. Uh, we, we started doing our due diligence. I sent my husband to go speak with homeschool dads that we met. The first thing we did was we found community. We found other homeschoolers. And I, I tell you, the community is as diverse as the population at large. That was uh, that was serendipitous just to find all of the, the different walks of life um, that, again, are reflective of the general population. And um, I, of course, got in with different groups that I thought we would fit nicely. And uh, and then I, we chose a curricula. We went to 
a homeschool convention, which I don't usually advise first time parents to do because it's overwhelming. And you're either upset that you can't get everything you want because of your budget or you blow your budget because you get everything you want. Right. So um, we did do that, though. I did have some mentors that came alongside me and just, uh, you know, they got to know our children and whatever my concerns were, at least one or more other parents in the group already had them or had, you know, had been through it. So it really is a community for the most part in our experience that genuinely wants everyone to excel. It's where we don't, you know, live vicariously, you know, through our children. We don't, you know, we want our children to thrive and we want our, our community's children to thrive. Uh, our our youngest, for instance, is into theater. Now he's he's got a business degree, but he does theater on the side. He still has people from the homeschool community, and I mean a lot of people that will travel to wherever he's performing on any given weekend to mm-hmm. cheer him on. And it's it's things like that, long lasting relationships, um, very good intimate relationships where you get to know one another, you get to wrestle with the ideas. And again, as they get older, that's exactly what we did in the high school years is, uh, you know, present those ideas. So you had the, so from the beginning then, from, from when you started with your daughter, um, both of your kids were homeschooled the whole way, all the way through high school. Well, our daughter went all the way through high school and then her last two years, uh, so they surpassed me in math. I think it was when we got to calculus. <laughs> so, but the resources out there are are a lot. It, it's really not an issue if you know where to look. And um, so she was part of an accredited program where she took two years of college in high school. Uh-huh. And so she graduated with what was essentially an associate's degree. Uh-huh. And so then when she she decided she wanted to go to university, so she went ahead, but was able to get right into the business school. So she didn't have to take a, a lot of the uh, the general requirements. And uh, so she was able to graduate in two years. Now, we we advised her to say, because you have your whole life to work, right? Um, but that got into COVID. And, you mm-hmm. know, she was just kind of annoyed with the whole thing because they couldn't decide whether they were going to treat them like they were three or 30. And uh, things kept getting canceled. And so she decided to graduate and and start work. Um, Yeah. Well, you know, but here's my, I used to be very against homeschool. This is before I had an appreciation of what was really going on in schools, you know, between the CRT and the um, trans, all the changes, you know, influence to get grooming of children sexually and so on. And of course, now climate change, (laughs) Um, uh, because my main, you know, uh, problem with homeschooling was um, socialization, of course, was part of it. But you kind of answered that in the sense that if you form a community of homeschoolers. okay, but that sort of goes into another problem that I had, which is, I mean, obviously, you seem like you... um, you know, we're able to master the subjects pretty well. And I, I guess it's seemed when you were mentioning about that math, I guess you got her a tutor or something. Well, she went to uh, co- uh, college. She went to the local college. Oh, at that point. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, but, but don't you believe, I mean, I, certainly in the parents that I have seen, 
not every parent is either as intelligent or as educated um, or as obsessive compulsive, you know, dedicated, responsible um, to do this every day. I mean, it, it takes a lot of time if you do it right. The, so no question you, about what it. What do you say about that? That's a great question. Um, you know, homeschooling is hard on a good day, but not for the reasons people think. Oh. And I had I had one mom tell me that she would feel she would feel apprehensive about trying to teach third grade math. And my immediate response to that is, then why would you send your child back to the same school system that makes you insecure about third grade math? Okay, it's a it's a fair it's a fair question. It's a fair follow up. If you came from the system where you are insecure about math, you're going to send your child back to that same system. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Okay, so um, again, it when it's when I say it's challenging, the the resources, the scripted and non scripted resources for every subject matter, they're nearly overwhelming, and it's just a matter of getting with your community probably most of whom have several copies because that's just the way homeschoolers roll. They have a lot of different curricula. And um, so it's a, it's just a matter of finding those resources or an aggregate that directs you to those resources. And um, the, the challenge really is the paradigm shift. You know, we've been brainwashed in this country that we have to outsource absolutely everything, our health, our education, um, our, our security and and not look within ourselves for any of that. And I'm mm -hmm. not saying that there there aren't places for subject matter experts. I love subject matter experts. I, I think, you know, I, I could listen to them all day. Um, but at the same time, we've been told that as parents that we're not allowed into a realm unless we have a lot of degrees after our name or a, a lot of letters. And no one knows our children better than we do. Uh, quite frankly, and that that in and of itself is a huge step forward. Um, and a lot of this is the paradigm shift. Homeschool is challenging because you are taking ownership of and responsibility for your child's education. And it that's where it should lie with parents, regardless of where you decide to send your child, public, private, homeschool. You are the parent. You have ownership of and responsibility for that path of education. Mm -hmm. And you get to decide where your child is or isn't thriving. Okay. But um, so in your work, besides giving them, um, you know, tools and so on, I mean, do you work individually with families or, or what do you do? Yes. Um, I did that before we launched the website. I would always get, you know, several families each year, usually August 15th or right before school started. And, you know, tell me more about homeschooling. And I would always advise them because it was rare that they pulled the trigger. Um, hey, come to me earlier next year. And, yeah. and, and, you know, we'll go through a pilot program. Well, I'll just do a little schedule for you two days a week in the summer. Doesn't have to be structured. You can still have a great summer, but just structure things. Maybe we're going to read uh, at this time. We're going to do a workbook, you know, that I picked up at the store for $3.99 or whatever the case may be. Um, or we're going to have a, a field trip every Thursday and here's what we're going to do and what we're going to try to learn. But something just a little more structured because that's how we, that's what we did. And it was so beneficial the summer before 
we took the plunge in the fall, that following fall, uh, the kids and I took two days a week. We structured them a little more than the other days of the week. And they knew that, hey, if if we have our stuff together, then um, and we're finished at 11 a.m. Guess what? We're finished at 11 a.m. And yeah. as I like to say, homeschooling is a misnomer because oftentimes you are very rarely home. <laughs> <laughs> because you're taking them to places to uh, enrich their education. like Because every every opportunity, Dr. Carol, whether it's to the grocery store or the history museum is a learning experience. Every yeah. opportunity outside the house, inside the house, whether it's folding laundry or, or categorizing the pantry, whatever it is, there are skills to be learned and it doesn't have to be presented that way. It can be fun. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, we take the fun out of learning. Who was it? Mark Twain said that I never let schooling get in the way of my education. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I, I agree with what you're saying. Um, so I guess your your um, life's plan <laughs> is to get more people to understand these things. Those who are considering it, yes. So uh-huh. we, we just want to help. Or, but- it may not be for everybody. Right. But if you're back, we can we can make that distinction because. um, okay, we only have we're we're kind of coming to a break right now. So, um, again, my guest is Taya Shoemake. She is I'm going to be giving you her website where you can find out a lot more information about this. Um, We are talking about who's afraid of the big, bad climate change. Hopefully not you. And let's also. in the next segment, talk about some of these crazy things that are happening as far as some schools being made to teach climate change um, in all of the subjects. You know, it's very hard for them. They want to teach sex, (laughs) changing your sex. They want to teach CRT and now climate change. You know, how does math and, and reading, writing and arithmetic get in there? All right. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch and we'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. 
with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch, where we're tackling the topic of who's afraid of the big bad climate change, hopefully not you. Um... Before the break, we were talking, well, first of all, let me tell you again, my guest is Taya Shoemake, and we're going to be giving you, um, at the end, the her email address, I mean, her website, where she has so many resources, free resources, if you're even thinking about possibly homeschooling your child, um, you will want to go there first. So, Taya, before the break, and I'm going to, you know, certainly we'll save some time for, um, for you being able to tell people what is exactly there. Um, but, you know, I think I was saying that about my question of like, not every parent is as well-educated and um, disciplined and so on as you are. And how do parents who are sort of overwhelmed with life do this? That's a great question. So obviously every family situation is different. There, there are going to be different challenges. That's why we encourage everyone to find community first. Uh, you know, when I first started homeschooling, when we did, I, I, I remember thinking, I don't know how our, so we had a lot of nurses in, in our community and they did 12, 12 and 12 shifts. Right. And um, so their schedule was tight. They had to be a bit more structured and, but they got it done three days, uh, the three days they were home. And sometimes that meant a Saturday, but that, you know, that meant another day of the week was free. So mm -hmm. the flexibility of the lifestyle is one of the very beautiful things about it. And it is difficult as it would be to imagine working parents, um, like if one is remote or one isn't, or they can share that remote time or do part-time remote I can't imagine doing that just because I, I'm not, I'm not super woman, woman, but I do know super women <laughs> and, and have the support of their husbands and they make it work and you can find those people in community. And that's why that's usually the first place I encourage parents to go is find homeschoolers in your area. Um, there's, there's really a glove for every hand in that, in that community. Um, and you should be able to find, of uh, another, at least one other family with whom you can walk. Okay. But besides the scheduling part of it, just the, the parents who aren't able to master the curriculum. Well, I, I would contend that we don't have masters of curricula now in our public schools. Um, so, and, and that's another wonderful thing about a, a lot of questions. And I get that often, Dr. Carroll, yeah. uh, I get that uh, posed via email. And I, you know, it's interesting because the concerns about the homeschool lifestyle have have two points that I try to make. Number one, I can turn those concerns right back around and apply them more broadly to traditional environments like I just did with public school mastery. Um, but number two, if that's something you're concerned about as a parent, 
whether it's your own abilities or you joined a co-op or, or whatever style of homeschooling you're going to roll, you can ameliorate those issues. That's why I tell people that think introversion is a byproduct of homeschooling. No, it's a personality trait. And if you show me an introvert, I'll show you one or both parents who are introverts. Mm -hmm. um, but if that's your concern, you as the parent can shepherd your child to be a functional introvert. Um, if you are concerned with mastery, then you're going to look for curricula that is scripted, especially in the first year or so. And uh, the resources out there are just wonderful. And your community is going to be able to direct you toward those resources. And I mean, literally, you could the night before. Now, I don't suggest that. I always suggest two, three weeks in advance. You could look at it the night before look at what you're doing, look at what you're studying, read the script and not have it sound like you're reading it because you're a bit familiar with it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's math, English language, arts, writing, um, science. You know, there are a lot of scripted resources out there that help parents. Well, are there also like within these communities, are there also like um, tutors who um, uh, sort of are, our resources to different, like join in a sense, different communities and the, and the parents refer these tutors to each other? Yes. Um, so there are what they call co-ops where, um, to your point earlier, Dr. Carroll, a lot of our retired teachers who are subject matter experts who do love to teach for that light bulb moment, they teach at these co-ops. Oh. And they've they've actually taken themselves and their children out of the public schools or private schools, and they now teach at the homeschool co-ops. And you can join these co-ops for any subject matter that that you would like to supplement, or an elective that you would with which you'd like to supplement, oh. um, or you know, say it's geometry or or whatever math. And you can join these co-ops. Uh, they usually have a fee. They meet maybe twice a week. Mm -hmm. um, now that doesn't absolve school in between, right? It's not a drop off and drop out. Mm. Um, this is the diff another difficult part of homeschooling and the paradigm shift is that it's a lifestyle and, uh, and parents really need to be on the same page so they can help one another and support one another. Okay. Now talk a little bit about what, going back to climate change, what is happening in some of these schools? I mean, it's horrific. Well, I think it's just another case of, of massive waste of taxpayer dollars. And, you know, this is coming down from, again, the federal encroachment. And what a lot of people don't understand, and our legislature, our state legislatures are the issue, because the federal government has absolutely no authority in our local classrooms, none whatsoever. There is nothing, not Article 1, Section 8 says nothing about the federal government being able to encroach in local classrooms. The Department of Education should have never existed. And it has been the problem because it's given us the one size fits all top down approach mm -hmm. with those federal tax dollars that our, our state legislatures are, are just cuckoo over. And so they um, really it's a dereliction of duty. Our state legislatures are to say to the federal government, you're not getting into my classroom. If you are going to give me money, that's fine, but you don't get to tell me what to do. But that's not how it works. They give the states money. And what a lot of people don't understand, Dr. Carroll, is that what money you get from the federal government for your local classrooms 
very little of it gets to the classroom. Most of it goes to compliance with the new federal guidelines and to create a whole new federal bureaucracy mixed with corporate America in that public-private partnership uh, bantha fodder, as I like to call it, um, that has ruined every uh, aspect in, in that regard. So, you know, those dollars aren't worth what we sacrifice. They're not worth the um, the undermining of our local classrooms. And that's exactly what they've done. And this climate change, again, this is just the next agenda item. But so whether it's, you know, whether it's sexual identity at an age inappropriate age, whether it's climate change at an inappropriate age, whether it's CRT, SEL, all of the agenda items. And these were all listed, by the way, in Race to the Top. That was the federal cage in which Common Core flew. And um, again, turn little minds to mush, break down their identity and radicalize them for activism. And that's what they're doing with the climate change. But they're undermining all the other subjects because that's what federal encroachment does. It undermines local. Right. And that's I mean, that's where the most important stuff happens, in my opinion. So we have uh, uh, instead of math, we we have to interject math time with climate change instead of uh, solid science we have to introduce this science on which not everyone agrees um, whether it's English or grammar or writing etc history what gets measured gets taught and if the federal government says you're only going to get these dollars and keep getting these dollars if we see that you have taught it which means we're going to measure it with a test then you know you're not going to get it anymore so it's really a, a usurpation of local authority where where the authority should lie. And it's really a, a, a waste of taxpayer dollars, a misuse of taxpayer dollars. Yes, you know, the idea of, um, I mean, they had some interesting, interesting ways that they were planning on incorporating um, climate change into these various subjects. Um, let's see. Uh, no, K through 12. Okay, so like, for example, um, well, science classes, okay, that would be a reasonable thing to talk about climate, climate change, but, you know, in not in a not pushing it down their throat, which is how, you know, the government wants it to be taught. But I mean, um, a critical evaluation of is this a real thing? Um, then this just you know some of all of these different uh, subjects are are being bastardized by having to and 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 minimized by having to um include these i mean you know the way that they get these various things crt all these things that we've just been talking about into subjects i mean it takes a lot of uh wangling wrangling creativity and and it just comes out with a mess and kids don't learn anything uh, except the wrong things. So tell us, we, we you know, in the last uh, portion of the show, tell us what exactly is on your website and what you, why, you know, what you do. Well, on the website, on the, on the homepage, we have three information sessions and we filtered down the process to get started in homeschooling. If you're considering it to get legal, we show you how to get legal in your state, get curricula, and get community. And of course, community is paramount in that list. So uh, that is on the homepage. 
past that, there are different videos. Uh, it's a video-based platform where I either answer questions from emailers about the lifestyle, whether it's busting the socialization myth um, or, or any other myth that they've heard. Uh, does homeschooling prepare for real life, uh, etc.? cetera? Um, any uh, curricula questions? We've had uh, some Latin questions. And so I kind of go back to uh, there's a there's a in classical environments in the homeschool community, uh, they teach the classical subjects as well as the classical methodology. So you'll see Latin, you'll see logic, you'll see rhetoric and um, age appropriately, of course. And so I've had questions about that because that's pretty popular and people hear it and they want to know why and they want to know what's behind it. And so I, I try to answer those questions as well. And if people want offline help, um, we we will do that as well. If you need a personal coach or you don't want your name, you know, not that I say names, but, um, you know, you don't want your particular situation answered via video. I'll just correspond with you um, in private. And again, it's just to help parents who are considering it because more now than ever are considering it. And I think whether it's short term or long term, um, you know, we just want to be there to provide that that shepherding and our experience in the community. And the website address, do you have your pens ready? Website address is homeschoolreadyornot.com. Homes, all one word, homeschoolreadyornot.com. And these resources um, are for free. That You know, the resources on the website are free uh, that Taya just told you about. And then, of course, there's the ability to go further um, and find out more information and get more help and so on. You know, I never thought, I mean, back in the day, I would never have had you on my show and I would have gone into a whole rant about why homeschooling is bad. And, um, you know, I still think a lot depends upon the capabilities of the parents, but you make a good point about um, how there are these communities. And, you know, if you're not great in history or math or science that there's somebody else who is who can share their expertise um so so and and really i mean the real thing is that it is so dangerous to be in today's school where all of this propaganda is being shoved down the throat of your child so taya shoemake thank you so much for being a guest on dr carol's couch and thank you all for listening you've been listening to dr carol's couch and i'm your psychiatrist host Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.